0: Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. All right, good afternoon, good morning. God bless you. I can't, where's the clock? Good morning, good morning. At my father's church, I start preaching at 1230, so this is early. Um, Thank you so much, thank you so much. Uh, um, It is really a privilege to, to be a part of the body of Christ, but also have the opportunity to be a part of this wonderful church and the leadership of this church. I want to honor Pastor Eddie and Sister Melinda, Pastor Steve and Sister Lindsay, Uh, for the great work that they have done here. Um, The scripture says Paul plants Apollos waters, but it's God that provides the increase. So this is by no means the Kavar Reed era of the youth ministry. This is always River of Life's youth ministry, and it's a privilege to come behind Pastor Stephen and Sister Lindsay, then Sister Melinda before them, and then Pastor Markham before them. So thank you so much uh, for trusting me with your young people. Let me read you a scripture um, that the Lord gave me as I prayed about this opportunity, Uh, and then I will... um, that we're gonna preach. This is Joel chapter three, I'm sorry, Joel chapter two, verse 28. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will dream dreams, Your your, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. As I prayed about the opportunity of leading the youth department, the Lord reminded me of this prophecy, that in the last days there's gonna be an outpouring specifically upon young people. I see our responsibility as a leadership team to prepare the young people of this church to be candidates for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so everything we do is going to be motivated towards teaching them how to know the Lord, hear the Lord, and seek the Lord. We're going to have fun, I promise. We're going to raise funds, I promise. We're going to eat soda, not pop, or drink soda. We're going to eat chips. But most importantly, I want to see young people on fire for the Lord. So with your prayerful support, that is what we're going to do. Alright, enough about me. Let's let's talk about let's talk about what we're doing today. Uh, please turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. We're gonna read from verse 17 through verse 21. And maybe some of y'all remember the last time I spoke, you're gonna need a pen and you're gonna need something to write on. I'm a teacher by training, so you're gonna take some notes. Philippians chapter 3, from verse 17 through verse 21. If you have it, would you stand with me, please? We're going to read God's word and then we will get started. Philippians chapter 3, 17 through verse 21. All right, I'm going to read it from the King James Version. Brethren, be ye followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us as an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby He is able to even subdue all things unto himself. I'm going to read verse 20 to 21 in the NIV. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to speak to you today from the subject, Citizens of the Kingdom. Citizens of the Kingdom. Of the kingdom. Please write these numbers down. Three, two, one. Write them down. Three, two, and one. There are three primary kingdoms in operation today. Everyone belongs to two of them and only one of them will last forever. Three, two, one. There are three primary kingdoms in operation today. Everyone belongs to two of them. Only one of them is eternal. These three ruling powers are the kingdom of God, the kingdoms of the earth, and the kingdom of darkness. There are three primary powers operating today. Every one of us belongs to two of them. Only one of them is eternal. 3, 2, 1. As we've learned over the past few weeks, the kingdom of God is anywhere the rule of God is recognized. Jesus prayed in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? May you rule here as you rule in heaven. They have... Once a person is forgiven by God and accepts the salvation of God, the kingdom of God now dwells in them. They have invited God to direct them as he directs everything in heaven. They've invited God to work his power through them as he works his power in heaven. They've invited God to become the unquestioned, unchallenged authority in their life as he is the unquestioned, unchallenged authority in heaven. The second ruling power is the kingdoms of the earth. This refers to our nations, our countries, our tribes, which have their own rules, their own languages, their own economies, their own leaders. It is important to note that God recognizes the kingdoms of the earth. God recognizes the political landscape. This is Mark chapter 12, verse 17. Some religious leaders heard Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven, And they tried to get a soundbite of him talking against the emperor to put it on social media. And they said, hey, Jesus, should we pay taxes or not? Jesus said to them, give me a coin. And Jesus answered and said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And give to God what belongs to God. What does that mean? Pay your taxes. That money is Caesar's. But what belongs to God? You belong to God. So give yourself to God. So again, God recognizes the kingdoms of the earth. They are an influence in this world. Okay, the third kingdom in operation, remember I gave you three, Third kingdom in operation is the kingdom of darkness. This is Satan's domain where he runs things, where he ruins lives and spreads lies as if they are the truth, where he devises attacks against the church and the believer, where he captures and keeps the heart's of the unbelievers. Colossians chapter 11, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 through 14. Always thanking the Father, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. So there are three ruling powers, and everyone belongs to two of them. You and I are citizens of the kingdoms of the earth, and we have membership in one of the spiritual kingdoms, either the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of darkness. What does this mean? First, it means that you can't just belong to the earth alone. You have to have a spiritual home. Why? Because human beings aren't bodies with souls. We are souls with temporary bodies. And when we die, our soul lives on. These bodies will not. And so naturally, your soul is looking to be anchored in some eternal home. Your soul is looking for some rules to follow. Your soul is looking for some rest. Your soul is looking for some guidance. And you'll either turn to the kingdom of heaven or you're going to turn to the kingdom of darkness. You don't belong just to the earth alone. You and I are citizens of the kingdom of the earth, and we have membership in one of these two spiritual kingdoms. This also means a person can't hedge their bets and belong to both spiritual kingdoms. I'm going to serve God on Sundays and Mondays. I'm going to turn up Tuesday through Saturday. Then I'm going to make it right on Sunday before I get to service. This is confusion. And it's not sustainable. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, No man can serve two masters, for you either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. So you can't just belong to your country, and you can't belong to both spiritual kingdoms. But lastly, and I think this is important for us Christians, you can't just belong to heaven and not function in the earth. I'm saved, Pastor Steve. I'm going to pay my taxes. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall run all the red lights. Okay, but thou shalt get pulled over. And in turn, thou shalt lose thy license. My larger point here about belonging to to two kingdoms is that everyone has earthly loyalties and you have a spiritual allegiance. Three, two. This is so important to grasp because the spiritual kingdom to which we belong will impact the ways in which we operate in the earthly kingdom. Here's how God expects the citizens of heaven to operate as citizens of the earth. First Peter, chapter two, verse 17. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Who is the king? Our political leadership. Honor King Whitmer, mask yes or no. Honor King Trump, whether you love him or you don't. Not because you voted for him, not because they're your favorite person, but because that's what your king expects you to do to your earthly king. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But Jesus says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven. Your spiritual kingdom has to have an impact on your earthly kingdom. This is also the case then for the kingdom of darkness. It too directs how people operate in the earthly realm. It celebrates and encourages sin and destruction. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. Sounds familiar? They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends and be reckless. They'll be puffed up with pride. They'll love pleasure more than they'll love God. They'll act religious, but they'll reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. This is how Satan informs his subjects to live in this earth. So don't think that what we're seeing in this world is just politics playing out. No. Every day, we're seeing a clash of spiritual kingdoms in the earthly kingdom. We're participating in the epic struggle between the influences of God and the influences of enemy in human hearts. And the increased tension we're experiencing, the fatigue we're all feeling, the tired of corona, tired of 2020, it's the fact that human history is coming to a close. Our species has lived more days than we actually have left. Jesus is coming soon. And the kingdom of darkness is increasing its efforts to wear you out, church. It's trying to capture you. It's trying to hold on to you, those of you who are citizens of the darkness. And although there are three kingdoms currently in operation, and we all belong to two of them, there is only one that wins in the end. And you and I need to make sure we belong to that one kingdom. Isaiah chapter 9, 6 through 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Unto the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts is going to do it. The kingdom of God will outlast every other rulership. And so for the next few minutes, we're going to discuss why everybody, somebody say everybody, everybody needs to be a citizen of that one everlasting kingdom to do so we're gonna look at all three Kingdom candidates and consider how they address three key issues facing their citizens our debate topics are as follows please write these down equality the economy and the escape the economy equality and the escape. We're going to look at how all three of these kingdom options, all three of these kingdom candidates that want your attention and want your time and want your heart, how do they address these three main areas of focus affecting its citizens? Let's start with equality. Equality. Equality is the right of all groups of people to have similar opportunities and receive the same Fair treatment. It's demonstrated when different groups of people have access to the same life's necessities and special privileges. Equality. Equality is in a kingdom marked by when everyone has a fair chance at a good life. Who wouldn't want that? Unfortunately, equality is not the reality for all citizens in the kingdoms of this world. No. Our world is renowned for inequality. This disproportionate distribution of life opportunities. It's unfair down here. Some examples. Did you know one-fourth of the world's population lives on less than, less than $3.20 a day? One out of four people in the whole world, $3.20 a day. How much did gas cost? In 2018, the Census Bureau found that women in the United States earn 82 cents to every $1 earned by a man who does the same work with the same credentials. It's unfair down here. Based on uh, data from the Bureau of Justice Statistics, we know that one out of every three black boys, one out of six Latino boys are likely to spend time in prison. Compare that to one out of 17 white boys. It's unfair down here. And some of you may have heard what's going on at Princeton University. Last month, its president wrote a very honest but shocking letter about the school's culture and history of admissions practices. I'm gonna show you this, it's striking. President Eisenberg wrote, quote, our university for most of its history, intentionally and systematically excluded people of color, women, Jews, and other minorities. Y'all hear me say this is the president of the college? Wrote this last month. Racism and the damage it does to the people of color nevertheless persists, what does that mean? Continues at Princeton, as in our society. Sometimes by conscious intention, but more often through unexamined assumptions and stereotypes ignorance and insensitivity and the systematic legacy of past decisions and policies. Racist assumptions from the past also remain embedded in structures of the university itself. This is the president of the number one ranked college in the United States. It's That's a woman, we don't want her. Uh, Kavar Reed, ah, I sound like a black name, we don't want him the president of the university. The kingdoms of this world may preach equality, but not all its citizens experience it here. As you can imagine, the kingdom of darkness doesn't play fair either. Satan does everything he can to keep people from living their best lives. The Bible teaches that in Matthew chapter 24, verse 41, that hell is meant For the devil and his demons. Hell is not designed for humanity. But Satan knows that hell is his destiny and he wants you and I to suffer right along with him. So he entices us with what the scriptures call the pleasures of sin. Sins that make you feel good before they make you feel bad. Sins that make you feel a little bit better. Sins that make life seem a little bit easier. Sins that may even help you set off a little steam. But let me tell you something. Sin is also addictive. And once you're hooked, you can't help but do it. And Satan knows that the pleasures of sin are going to lead to all the pains of sin. That eternal separation from God after you die. So the enemy tempts us with what looks like pleasure, only to give us this enduring pain designed just for him. Never designed for us in the first place. I told y'all the devil don't play fair. And just because we're trying, I'm just trying to have a little fun. I'm I'm just trying to be happy. I'm just trying to cope with life's troubles. We fall for the pleasures of sin, not not realizing there's a pain coming afterwards. The kingdom of darkness is designed to drag everybody into a place never designed for us and to experience a punishment God does not want us to experience. This is not fair. But God, the king of the one everlasting kingdom, sees the injustice we suffer in this earth. And he sees the future we're destined for without him. And he invites us all to come to him and experience true equality for the very first time. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest." You see, the love of God does not discriminate. All of us have equal access to him as long as you accept that Jesus died for you to make that connection to God possible. John 3, 16, "'For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, that anybody, that anybody without restrictions believes on him is not gonna go to hell no more." but you can enjoy the pleasures of the kingdom forever. But not only do we have equal access to God when we don't deserve it, God the King demands that His citizens be agents of justice in the kingdoms of this world. The world says step on whoever you want to get wherever you gotta go. The world says treat people differently because they look different. But citizens of the kingdom What does your king say about how you treat people? Zechariah chapter 7, verse 9 through 7. This is what the Lord Almighty said. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. Somebody asked Jesus, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in your kingdom? What are the rules there? Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is just like it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. These are the rules for the citizens of that kingdom. The kingdom of God is the only domain where true equality is demonstrated to us and demanded from us. The kingdom of God is the only domain where true equality is demonstrated to us and demanded from us. It won't be secured on earth until his kingdom comes. And the kingdom of darkness is trying to deny you access to everything God is trying to give you. We talked about equality. Let's talk about the economy. In case you did not know the US is broke Don't let the stimulus check fool you. Our national debt is something like $23 trillion. We ain't never paying that back. (laughs) COVID has pushed every country into financial crisis. Businesses everywhere have closed down, downsized, restructured. Unemployment has skyrocketed, and it's taken folks weeks, if not months, to even file for unemployment. The kingdoms of this world have no answers and no insurance policies when its economies collapse. Did you know Satan's kingdom also has an economic structure? I told you earlier that we are enticed by the pleasures of sin, but the Bible also says sin pays. Sin pays. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. The wages of sin is death. In other words, your reward for being a citizen of the kingdom of darkness Your reward for violating God's laws and doing whatever you want is death. Both spiritual separation from God now when you live and that eternal separation from God after you die. So as much as I'm tempted, and even though sin does have some pleasure, it carries a high price and I can't afford it. I've got one soul and I want it secured in that one everlasting kingdom. Everyone who invests in the kingdom of darkness will have an eternal regret. So in contrast to the kingdom of this earth and the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of God has an unshakable, recession-proof economy where everything its citizens need can be accessed by something called faith, the currency of the kingdom. Faith is the belief that God will do what he has promised. Faith is your confidence that regardless of what it looks like, God will come through for you. Your faith in God is your deposit in the kingdom's economy, through which you will receive everything you need for this life and the life to come. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards, he pays, he comes through for those who earnestly seek him. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. So don't worry saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all those things. And your heavenly father knows exactly what you need. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness he's going to take care of everything else. What does this mean? If you are a citizen of the kingdom, invest in the kingdom, and your king guarantees he's got you. Doesn't matter how much debt the U.S. has, your king will provide for you. I love this scripture in Malachi chapter 3. God says, if you faithfully tithe and give offerings into the kingdom... Bring everything into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this and see if I won't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing from heaven that there won't be room enough on earth for you to even store it. And I'm going to prevent pests from devouring your crops and, vines, and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it is ripe. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful lamb. Heaven's economy will stimulate the earthly economy for you when you are a faithful citizen of the kingdom. Church, I know times are rough, I get it. But when we obey God by faith, we put ourselves in position to receive heaven's resources in our earthly experiences. So the US is broke, sin is expensive, but my God, Shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Amen. So we talked about equality, we talked about the economy. We're going to close looking at the escape. The escape. The citizen's escape. Escape. To break free from confinement or control. Escape to slip away or elude capture. Used in a sentence, if so-and-so wins the election next month I'm moving to Canada to escape his craziness. (laughs) While you and I can move between earthly kingdoms and make life a little better for ourselves in some sense, the biggest problems facing us will never be solved by an executive order. Why? Because I am the problem. You are the problem your heart is the problem Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 the human heart is the most (laughs) deceitful thing of all desperately wicked who really knows how bad it is (laughs) so don't get me wrong laws are important to maintaining uh, order but no law can make me honor my parents no law can make me a good brother No law can make me a faithful friend. So move to Canada if you want. But the biggest problems are going to follow you across the border because you're the problem. Your prime minister can't help you love your neighbor. He can't help you tame your tongue. You need to move closer to the king who can fix your heart. So while there's no escape in the kingdoms of the earth, The kingdom of darkness convinces unbelievers that by not being saved, you are escaping unnecessary restrictions on your freedom. Many of us are are familiar with that message. The devil will say, hey, man, I know he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. That all sounds good. But if you start that Christian thing, there goes your Sundays. There goes your fun. There goes your money. There go your girlfriends. There goes your life. Don't let that Christian thing tie you down. Escape it. The enemy is so subtle. And I told y'all the kingdom of darkness does not play fair, there's no equality there. And this is even more, more proof. Because here's the reality even if you choose not to become a Christian, even if you say you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you are still responsible for obeying his laws. Even if you're not a Christian. I don't believe in God. I don't do that church thing. You're still responsible for this. Why is that? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and everybody who lives in it. So although there are three kingdoms in operation and everyone belongs to two of them, at the end of your life, there is one standard you're going to be evaluated by. That's the standard of that one eternal kingdom. And you can't say, I I wasn't there. It's not an excuse. One of the scariest scriptures in the Bible, John chapter 3, 16 through 18, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We know that part. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes on him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. It doesn't matter if you don't believe in God. You still got to meet his standard. You might as well join that one everlasting kingdom. Come on, come on. Come on. Yes. Yes. Friends, the enemy is lying to many of us saying that, hey, not serving Jesus is freedom. It's not. It's condemnation. You don't escape anything. You just keep missing your opportunity to enter that one everlasting kingdom with the one king who can save your one soul. The kingdom of heaven is the only kingdom that provides its citizens a real escape. When you accept Jesus Christ as your savior, you now become an enemy of the enemy. You'll find that folks will stop liking you, not because of you, but because of your new king and your new allegiances. You'll probably start experiencing some subtle and not so subtle hate coming your way. You'll be the target of some abuse. Folks may even try to set you up like the Pharisees tried to set up Jesus. But if you suffer for the sake of your king, your king will provide an escape from your enemies. Acts the Israelites, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 29, tells us that God split the Red Sea so that the Israelites could escape the Egyptian oppressors. And when their enemies tried to follow them along the same path, the same God closed the sea and their enemies were no more. There is an escape for the citizen of the kingdom from their enemies when they serve the Lord faithfully. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in, and they are made safe. They escape. They escape. Okay. But not only is there an escape from these enemies without, there's also an escape from the greatest enemy, which is the one within. The greatest enemy at times is the inner me, my desire for the pleasures of sin. It's my unwillingness to wait on the Lord. It's my unwillingness to fight against temptation. It's my unwillingness to say no to the devil. But I'm so glad my king knows my weaknesses. And in turn, he promises to provide me an escape in my most vulnerable moments so that I don't have to betray the king. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. One of my favorite scriptures growing up as a young man. There is no temptation, temptation that has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with every temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. As a citizen of this kingdom, you can escape the traps of your enemies. You can escape the temptation of sin. And very soon, you and I will escape The troubles of this world. Going back to our theme text, Philippians chapter 3, 20 through 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. The greatest escape. For the believer will be the rapture of the church. The moment when Jesus returns to rescue his citizens from their earthly reality and allows us to experience for the first time the fullness of the kingdom of God. At that time, he will also call home those believers who have died in the faith to receive their reward with us as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery... We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall all be changed. For this corruptible will put on incorruption and this mortal will put on immortality. After that, the citizens of the kingdom will reign with their king forever and ever. Amen. Sisters and brothers, there are three kingdoms in operation right now. Everyone belongs to two of them, but only one will win in the end. You need to be a part of that one eternal kingdom. The only kingdom that demonstrates equality. The only kingdom that has the unshakable economy. The only kingdom that provides its citizens with the necessary escape. I know earth has its opportunities, I know sin has its pleasures, but our loyalty to these will distract us and cage us from experiencing all that God has for our lives. Hear God reasoning with you. Seek my kingdom first, and I will take care of everything you need. Please bow your heads and close your eyes. At this moment, I just invite you to think about which two of our three kingdoms you're actually a part of. There's no shame in belonging to the kingdom in darkness. The problem is if you stay there. And all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us at one time are bound captive by Satan's influence. But today is the day to escape to the kingdom of heaven. If you're not saved, it's very simple. You can just ask Jesus, Jesus, I want to be a part of your kingdom. I've messed up. I give in to the pleasures of sin all the time. I I barely came to church today. I just decided to log on today, but I'm sorry, and I want to be a part of your kingdom. If that's you, this is your opportunity to talk to your father. Save me, God. Save me. Maybe you're a part of the citizenship of heaven, but in truth, you've been really struggling with the things of this earth. Pastor Eddie said it really well. Sometimes we're more American than we are godly, and, and especially during this season, a lot of us are like that. But right now, remember, your escape is from the kingdom of heaven. The economy you need is from the kingdom of heaven. The equality you need to experience is from the kingdom of heaven. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus we come to you today and we thank you for the access that we have through the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you that the stranger, the foreigner, the alien, the worst sinner can come to you and receive your salvation. Thank you that your love does not discriminate. Thank you that anyone who comes to you, you will by no wise cast them out. But all we have to do is confess to you that we're sorry that we've done wrong and you will wash us and you will give us a fresh start. So I pray in the name of Jesus for those people today who are confessing their faults to you. I pray, King Jesus, that you would wrap them in your love today. Let them experience your blood today. Wash them clean from their sins today and let them know they are loved by you. Thank you for the opportunity for a fresh start. Though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as wool. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for those, God, of our loved ones and our friends who are held captive by the kingdom of darkness. I pray for our brothers and our sisters, our parents, God, our cousins, our neighbors, our relatives, our employers, our employees, who right now are bound by the kingdom of darkness. God, in the name of Jesus, we cancel the hold of the enemy, and we pray that your freedom will run to them, God. I pray that you send your word and heal them. I pray that you release the blindness off of them. I pray, God, that they will see the light of the glory of the gospel, which is revealed in the face of Christ Jesus. God, I pray that this year will not end, until they were loose from the hands of the enemy. I pray for more testimonies of deliverance. I pray for more testimonies of freedom. Who the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. And we thank you, God, that the enemy's kingdom is no match for your kingdom. You have all power and authority in your hand. And so we pray freedom over them in Jesus' name. We pray blindness be removed off of them in Jesus' name. We pray their hands and their mouths be loosed in Jesus' name. We pray over our world. Lord, we pray that your kingdom will come. Thank you for calling us as the church to be the kingdom of God in this earth. Lord, today we recommit ourselves to your purposes. We will follow you. Thank you for your equality. Thank you for your strong economy thank you for the escape that you provided us. Lord, we wait on you and we walk in victory this week knowing that we are citizens of your heavenly kingdom. Thy kingdom come that will be done in our lives as it is in heaven. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, let's stand to our feet. We'll sing this chorus one time. We'll oh, to your altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness. Is with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your presence that's with us today. We thank you, Lord, for the chance to start anew. Please be with us as we go, Lord, in Jesus' name. Listen, be dismissed. God bless you. Just one member of the family to check out the kids, if you don't mind. I think the cafe's opening, so God bless you. Be dismissed. Hey, everyone. I'm Miranda, the missions director here at River of Life. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope that message was uplifting and encouraging. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future uploads. At the stream each month, we do something called Coffee with a Cause. That means that all of our proceeds go to a domestic organization to help them out. This month, for October, we have chosen All Worthy of Love. If you would like more information on All Worthy of Love, check out their website or their Instagram. You can come in the stream before or after service, and all proceeds from our drinks will be going to All Worthy of Love this month. Again, thank you so much for joining us. I hope the message was encouraging, and we'll see you next time.